welcome back to Kansas City Real Talk, brought to you by KCRAR. I'm Bobby Howe. And I'm Alex Gehring. How are we doing today? <laughs> We're doing great. I think so. I think it's, I've got uh, got a lot of energy today. Yeah. It's a beautiful day outside, it's and it's going to snow Friday into Saturday. Stop. No. It is. No. Yes. I, fake news. It is fake. Here's the thing. So my son and I, <laughs> we signed up for our first 5K. Well, not my first 5K, but his first 5K with me to run Saturday morning. Your son is going to run a 5K? We're going to walk it. We're doing, that's what I say. We're not running a 5K. We're doing a 5K. There's a complete difference in those two statements. And, but a bunch of first grade friends from his school and the moms, we're all getting together. We're going to do this. And now we're looking at the forecast and it's one to three inches uh, Friday night and one to three inches Saturday morning. And I'm like, I love running in the snow. I do, but like right when the storm first starts you and there's nothing. So no, 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 weird. No, this, so there's a weird, no, Bobby. No, listen to me. It's before the snow is actually really going, and there's nothing on the ground yet. But the snow has just started falling. It's. Have you ever been outside when a snowstorm is just first starting? It's so peaceful. I, it's so quiet. My tears freeze to my face. Okay, are are you allergic to the cold? So our friend I Mark Solomon, cold. Yeah. our guest, the former guest on yeah. the episode, uh-huh. he's actually allergic to the cold. He has to take, and he just moved to Denver, Colorado, which is not so smart on his part, but he's actually allergic to cold and has to take Zyrtec and things like that daily, or he actually breaks out in hives because of the cold. I I didn't believe him for the long, I was like, you're just being funny, ha I'm allergic to the cold. No, he's legitimately medically diagnosed as being allergic to the cold. What? Yes. I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't either. You know, Fun allergies- fact, everyone, you can be allergic to the cold. <laughs> and Mark Solomon right. is somebody One of who's allergic to the cold. Right incredible right so yeah actually being allergic to the cold is actually a thing so now you know now i know the more you know they've got the rainbow coming up learned so much in front of them so what's been going on with you um here's the deal so um i I don't understand and maybe you can explain it to me as as an expert can you explain the toilet paper thing why am i an expert on the toilet paper thing? i don't know I don't know. I know that as of yesterday, St. Joe is out of toilet paper. Saint like we were Joe fine. Is out of toilet paper. We were. So I was just at Sam's Club on Saturday. We had full stock of toilet paper. I was proud of ourselves because we had full stocks of oh. toilet paper and full stocks of water at the St. Joseph Sam's. And then yesterday, which would have been a Tuesday, so less than four full days later. Multiple people are posting on Facebook the photos of the Sam's Club and the empties of the... And and somebody was posting a photo, I believe it was somewhere in California, that when a Costco opened... Right. And it's a video of people with their carts, as the toilet paper's on the opposite side of the store, and these people, like, 100 people, running with carts as fast as they can to the toilet paper corner of the store. They've all gone... (laughs) Matt and I that's the thing it's a respiratory thing why are we buying so much toilet paper so for the, something that's not going to affect our gastrointestinal system the rationale I've heard is that well you know if you have to be in quarantine for 14 days but people how are, much toilet paper I know. are you using it's now, 14 days like uh, I, you're gonna go through right a family of four is not, gonna go through like you know maybe five rolls right M- maybe a lot. and that's a lot that's if you are like a, a mega folder you, like you've got like you you've got waters water. you got people that wad and you got people oh. that fold 
And if you are like, if you have to have like six layers of right. fold, then maybe you're going to go through a ton of toilet paper. Have you ever been a part of a family that makes you count the squares? There are people that make you count the squares. Like you can only take like five squares. Like that's a thing some people do. And I'm I know, like, I'm I not don't, sure if any of my families that I've been a part of have. I mean, uh, or like for, like going to visit <laughs> someone's house. Like sometimes that's oh, what I mean by being a part of a family. Like you go visit yeah. someone's house and they're like, oh, by the way, we're a five square. You don't take more no. than five squares. Oh, yeah. I've never had anybody. That like, happened to I me know, once. I know that that's a I thing that weird. families do, but not like out loud to guests. Oh, no, no. Yeah. Only five squares. Yeah, these were interesting. Were they people. on a septic system? No. <laughs> they just, they were conserving the environment. Now, have you done any doomsday prepping, as we're calling it, whatever? Um, have you gone and stocked up on anything? No. Okay. Now, I will admit, I did, but my reason isn't because I'm afraid of a quarantine or I'm afraid of everything You're shutting down. You're afraid of the crazies. No, my concern is about supply lines. My concern is about long-term effects of China and other countries being shut down, now Italy, um, being shut down and some of those products that are produced there not being able to be here. And so that's my, and I didn't buy toilet paper because I normally buy toilet paper at Sam's Club and we'd bought some within the past month. We just bought paper towels within the last month. That wasn't something I needed to buy, but I purchased uh, shelf stable products. I also purchased a little bit of extra meat that I put in my deep freeze. <laughs> And just in case supply lines go down, and, and yeah, mine wasn't really about quarantine. I'm not really necessarily worried about that. But now, like, the way everything's changing every day, I'm starting to think, you know, all of these colleges are going to spring break, and now they're telling their kids, just go home. Just stay home the rest of the semester. Oh, my gosh. It's early it's March. I mean, yeah. I know this episode comes yeah. out March 25th, but we're still the same month here. Right. Um, they're telling these kids, just go home and don't come back for the semester. That's insane to me. You know, you know. This is a, a this is kind of a, a drift, so I apologize. I'm going back because we for never a drift. We never drift ever. Yeah, but you know, I'm I'm There's one company out there at least that I I'm surprised that they aren't capitalizing on the fact that toilet paper is sold out everywhere, and that's Tushy. Have you seen Tushy? I don't know. Tushy, Tushy. is a a uh, aftermarket bidet product. Oh. So you install this, and their whole shtick is, you know, right. you don't need the toilet paper. You don't need the toilet paper. Right. And, you know, because it's a hmm. bidet thing. Um, I'm, they, I haven't seen them. And I yeah. follow them on social media because their ads are great. Right. I don't own a tushy. Okay. I mean, I have, I have a, you, you get what I'm saying. I don't have a bidet. Hey, Alex does not have a tushy. <laughs> That's what I heard. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, so if Tushy, if you're listening, it, it's there's really a marketing so opportunity sh- there. There's a marketing opportunity. You know, you're not a you're not sponsoring us. So otherwise, we we would write uh, a little ad for you and right. say, you know, all right, is toilet paper woes got you down? Tushy, you know, buy a aftermarket bidet. Right. We come up with better copy than that because Amber's smart. But like, yeah, but she, she makes sound You know, just smart. just riffing, right. just riffing that you know it could be something like that. I like it. <laughs> But so, I have a question for you. No, no, no. I just, ha- I just had a thought. Okay, I, go for those it. Those happen every once in a while. Wow. This is TMI yet not. There's a point to this. Your daughter. Yeah. Is she potty trained yet? Ooh, good question. So, um, and people are gonna hate me, but yeah, girl poops on the potty. Okay. And she has been for like months. How old is she? She is gonna be two That's what next I month. Thought yeah. she wasn't even two yet. So she started like telling okay. me that she had to poop a couple months ago. Oh. And we're like, okay. And so we just started putting her on the potty and right. it, like happened. She's awesome. Yeah, it was okay. awesome. Yeah. Well, this isn't going to help you. Okay. However, we still keep large quantities of this in stock at our house. Again, we buy these by the case at Sam's. And right now it takes us about two years to go through it. So we're good. But in a shortage of toilet paper, you could use wet wipes. 
Sure, you just can't flush into the toilet. Right, but that's yeah. I'm, we're not worried about the trash thing. Sure, right. We're just worried right. about cleaning our bodies. Fair enough. And a wet wipe will work in place that's of true. toilet paper. That's true. In fact, and in, in, you know, a little more effective depending yeah. on the situation. Yeah. <laughs> what? A- <laughs> Respect. It's She's, true. We're talking about poop on the I, podcast, it's everyone. True. <laughs> but it is. It's more effective. It is. And it's it's it, it's less damaging to your skin. It is. Makes it nice and soft. <laughs> Speaking of damaging your skin, oh my God, all of the hand washing, which I've always been I a know. hand washer. I know. But, okay. but I, oh, now the are backs we, of my hands where like I maybe don't always get as well right. are like so patchy yeah. right now. Right. So I think the next thing that's going to run out in the stores is body lotion oh, after yeah. everyone realizes Absolutely. that we are just like. You're totally right. In fact, in fact, I've bought more body lotion than I have hand sanitizer because well, you, you can't find, find it. it. <laughs> you can actually find body lotion. So you did no doomsday prepping. I did a little bit of stuff. But, but it wasn't but, like doomsday. It was more like economic meh day. But I got right? someone else to really do some doomsday prepping. So she's one of the moms um, her, that her kids go to the school school with my kids um she's a farmer's wife so we were just kind of talking about it and i assume farmer wives are always fully stocked on everything at all times they're farmers they're always prepared and she's like her husband had said you know what you probably should go buy some stuff yeah so she says okay so she pays off her credit card so her credit cards are open so she can go buy whatever she right. needs she spent over a thousand dollars purchasing things like Woo! she spent like 450 dollars at target she spent uh, I know she went to Aldi's and she spent like 200 bucks at Aldi's. You can get a lot of stuff at Aldi's. Like she was showing me the receipts and then I think she spent like 350 400 at Sam's Club. Wow. She really went prepping. But she bought laundry soap. She bought dishwasher. Like she bought like extras of everything. So I, I had a very Y2K throwback, which I know you probably don't remember Y2K either oh, of sure. you because Everybody's you were children. Um, but we weren't <laughs> going to make it through. You were eight years old and Amber was in elementary school as well. So, I remember I mean, everybody thought the clocks were going to like take right. over the world or something. All the electronics were going to stop working, all that stuff. I remember we went up to the, my- The clock on your computer was going to come alive and <laughs> steal all of your data So and break out of the screen and attack your face. Everybody's freaking out. My in-laws live in a tiny town of like 1,500 people, like 30 minutes north of St. Joe, and they live on 160 acres. And I remember we spent New Year's Eve into Y2K out at the farm. So if all the stuff went to, to we were out in the boonies, and it was fine. There was like the city weren't going, because everybody's going to riot. Like all the stuff was going to go down. People were going to riot, all this stuff. And I remember we just went out to the country to like, eh, if anything does happen. We're out here. You gotta love the media. You know, everybody acts like the media is worse today than you. No, that was all media created. They've all done that. (laughs) Oh my goodness! It's ridiculous. All right, I got a book bit. Oh, you're surprised by that? I am. I'm shocked. What? Bobby has a book bit. (laughs) Do 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 do. Bobby's book bit. Casey, rare. All right. So my book bit today: Never split the difference negotiating as if your life depended on it. Do you know this book? Yeah. I love this book. This is the FBI guy, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So this book was by Chris Voss. He is a former FBI international kidnapping negotiator. It's good stuff. Not just national, international kidnapping. Excellent audio book. Excellent. Oh, yes. Oh, great audio book. So this book explains why you should never compromise and how to negotiate like a pro in your everyday life. And look, we're realtors. We negotiate on everything. So my quote from the book is, he who has learned to disagree without being disagreeable has discovered the most valuable secret of negotiation. Boom. Boom. Just done. That's I can gold. actually just stop here. I'm good. You're, you're, really there's your book good. bit. Can no. you repeat it? 
I can. He who has learned to disagree without being disagreeable has discovered, I like the click click, has discovered the most valuable secret of negotiation. So good. So three key takeaways. The first is, and I actually have been teaching this to brand new agents for the last few years whenever they're going on listing and buyer appointments. It's build trust through mirroring and using the right tone of voice. I call it mirroring and matching. You look and see what they're doing and then you mirror it back. But active listening is listening to people in a way that makes them feel like the other person understands them. One of the best way to do this is by mirroring or repeating back what they say, but with a question at the end. Oh, so I hear you want to move to Seattle to be with your grandkids. Why is that important to you? I've now mirrored back what they've said to me, but I've added on that layer. And the other person's more likely to talk because it makes you feel like you're similar to them because you've Mm -hmm. repeated back what they've said. That helps build trust, which in turn helps you find that solution, helped unlock that. What's more important to you, time or money? Right, right. Oh, time. You don't want to miss out on more of your grandkids' life. Okay, great. Let's not worry about... Right now, the market's hot anyways. We can price your house wherever we want to, but we're going to focus on getting your house sold as fast as you can so you don't move, miss any more of their lives. And then tone of voice is really, really important too. Um, if you think they are nervous or upset, using a deep, soft voice often can reassure them. However, in most situations, you're going to want a playful, positive voice so that you seem empathetic and easygoing. And I always say that, like if you're talking to someone who's really solemn and you're just bebopping into the room... <laughs> You're going to separate them out. I actually have five parts to my mirroring and matching that, you know, I that I talk to when I do, when I really like it. So the second one, state the other party's feelings to gain tactical empathy. Mm-hmm. We're being tactical people. We're not just stating their feelings, just to, I feel you're angry. I feel your anger, da, 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 da. Doing this will help calm the other person and in turn creates acts, uh, makes them act in a more rational manner. Uh, when someone labels our emotions, studies have shown it activates the rational part of our brains because, well, oh, they can pick up on that anger in me. Oh, then now all of a sudden now I'm going to act right. more rationally to prove them wrong because I'm not angry, but I am. But we can kind of talk about that. The third one is take things slowly. Don't accept demands and do not compromise. Compromising is always a bad idea. Because everyone has thoughts that they won't share or maybe they're not even aware of. So if we they ask for something, we can't be sure that's what they actually want. I know there's times of things in my head that I don't actually know what's there until all of a sudden it's happened. I'm like, I didn't even know I wanted that. Um, and then it's also important not to rush because when we rush, that can create clouded judgment. The truth is most deadlines that are set by people are random and flexible. So take your time to learn as much as you can and create the best solution. And it's really interesting because at about the same time I was reading this book. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I like to read one fiction book and one nonfiction book at the same time. Hmm. And um, the fiction book that I'm reading now is called Paying the Piper. And it's about a guy um, who was a reporter and his child gets kidnapped and he's dealing with FBI negotiators. And so it it's some of the, the, the things between that book are laying out really nicely between... <laughs> This book, my brain was like, wait, which book am I reading right now? Going back and forth (laughs) between the two. So, Well, what I kind of hear you saying is, uh, anyway, with the first two You're mirroring. It's good. (laughs) I am a little bit. But it's good to to not be a jerk. Mm -hmm. But taking it, which is is obvious. And we all strive not to be jerks. Right. But it's taking it another step forward to be tactically empathetic right. to people. Yeah. And that's not just, like, that is actually a right. skill set. It is. It's not just respect. Yeah. I mean, it's there. Right. But 
but being tactically empathetic is a skill set and it's something that uh, as real estate professionals we should all work on yeah. it's a great book bit it's a great i love book. that book i know all right so we need to get on to our guest oh who's our guest one of my favorite people <gasps> I love him. He's oh, amazing. He's great. Yeah. Smart dude. We even dude. like him too. Smart dude. And always well dressed. Always well dressed. Always well dressed. You know, I, so they might already know who we're talking about. He he's, he has a uniform. Oh yeah. I mean, it is it is a deal. I yeah. went to a Royals game with him in a suit once. <laughs> like he always wears the suit. Always. So if you've not guessed it already, today we're bringing in HMLS president Michael Pierce, and he's going to be talking to us about the Heartland MLS, shocking, um, and how we're implementing NAR's mandated clear cooperation policy. And if you don't know what that is, hang on, he's You're going to tell learn us about it. And this goes into effect April fifteenth. Yes, you're excited. <laughs> Let's bring him in. Let's do it. Kansas City, Kathleen Wason here with Realtor.com. I wanted to take a few minutes to tell you not only about um, some of the the great products that Realtor.com has to offer, but for every Realtor, um, as the official site of the National Association of Realtors, we offer for free a lot of resources and benefits um, that you can take advantage of. So we want to make sure that you're aware of those things. Um, Some of them are technology tools. Others are things to really increase your brand and promote your your online sort of persona, your realtor profiles. This allows the consumer to find you in a find a realtor directory, which we power for the National Association of Realtors. All of these are um, resources that you can find more information about in one spot. So not only do we have the technology tools and resources, but we've got economic um, stats and reports for you that you can use in your business. We've got a lot of editorial type content. Um, You can find these things at one sort of stop shopping URL. It is industry.realtor.com forward slash cc pro so that stands for cc is content corner this is a lot of content that you can use in your business and we hope that you do use it to help grow your business thanks again and again kathleen wason with realtor.com all right we are back with michael pierce 2020 heartland mls president Welcome to the podcast, Michael. Thank you, Bobby. How are uh, you doing today, Michael? I'm doing well, Alex. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. He wants I, to get right to business. He I does. Like, he is so ready for this. it. <laughs> I don't cut the small chat, friends. Let's get no, right to it. No, I'm impressed with your studio here. When you originally said that I was going to be on a podcast, I thought we were going to go to some, some the basement, basement. Of some, yeah, the basement yeah. of some hipster yes. somewhere. And yeah, yeah, Kip's brother's uh, mom's basement. Yeah, which would be Kip's mom, actually. <laughs> so we go to Kip's mom's basement. <laughs> You don't even have caffeine in your system, and you are crazy. I know. I'm sorry. I apologize. No, you don't apologize. You're not actually sorry. But this this uh, glorified storage closet is a lot better. It's I know, a, right? It's a sweet setup. Well, we got we got a green screen back there. We've got. I love the padding on the walls. Oh yeah, this stuff over here is new, isn't it, Amber? I don't remember that. Oh, the little yeah, the Josh weird. Yeah, good job, Josh. And if you want to go down Antique Roadshow, this used to be the other half of the supply closet for KCRR and Heartland MLS, that wall wasn't there. Oh, wow. and you, could, you could walk through for anyone that really cares. So we just learned something today. That's we our did. fun fact. Wow, fun fact we of the day. We don't get fun facts every day. <laughs> I like it. All right, so so Michael, we brought you in to talk about clear cooperation. 
Okay. Aren't I know. You excited? You're super excited about yeah. it. Because yeah. you're probably not sick of talking about it yet. It is basically all I talk about all day, every day. But <laughs> That's it. Yes, That's all he does. But... He's not even selling real estate anymore. He just talks <laughs> about clear. So what is clear cooperation? Clear cooperation policy was a NAR mandated policy that was put into effect or was passed last fall. Does it have another name people might know it by? 8.0. There we go. Boom. If you've Boom. heard 8.0, that's what that is. And basically what they were trying to do, we locally we were seeing over the years as inventory was getting lower and lower that more and more agents were adopting policies that were maybe not in the best interest of or practices that maybe were not in the best interest of the consumer, mainly different types of pocket listing procedures and things along those lines. So NAR wanted to look at how to make an improvement to the rule system so that nationwide, whether it be New Jersey, Kansas City, California, you knew across the board th- these were the rules and that would basically alleviate or eradicate the pocket listing practices, which were often hurting not only the consumer, but were hurting agents as well because we were looking like a bunch of idiots because we had no idea that you know five houses on our street were, were for sale. Right. It was harming the cooperative marketplace in general. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Um, how dare you tell me my marketing policies suck? <laughs> that's, but that's how the agents, that's how the agents feel. Like when it this is. conversation started, it's right. kind of like the people that are really actively engage in this are very adamant right. that what they're doing is in the best interest of the consumer when really research shows a free market typically is better for everybody. And, and we would be naive to say that uh, there aren't people in our marketplace that still vehemently feel Oh that, no! They're that, still, oh yeah, they yeah. are. They are. Uh, they are. There are going to be people that are upset by this. Yeah. Um, and I think that it's important to note that there are some people um, that are doing this without malintent as well. Um, I think that that's important to say. But overall, mm-hmm. I think NAR and uh, HMLS and everybody in general uh, that that looks at these rules felt like the cooperative marketplace was being damaged, consumers were being mm-hmm. damaged, and that there were issues out there. Yes, and I think also what NAR was looking at, and granted, you guys were both there for for this whole discussion that went on for the entirety of the week. It dominated most of the meetings. Mm-hmm. But I think ultimately what NAR was looking at is if you as a practitioner believe that it's in the best interest to market the home, you don't have a situation where the seller wants no one to know about it. You know, Who knows what the scenario is? You're a celebrity. Right, you're getting a divorce. Right. right. The, there's rare situations where you just want no one to know about it, but if you happen to find a buyer, we will pay you a commission. Mm-hmm. That's not what many what many agents were doing. What they were doing is marketing it, but only selectively marketing it. That's and, the deal. And obviously that opens up liability to fair housing and all sorts yep. of other things, but ultimately if your fiduciary duty is to that seller and you believe that marketing the property is the best thing to get the home sold, NAR felt, well, then you should be marketing it to the maximum amount of the market to benefit that seller. That's right. So uh, I think that that's the biggest thing because you hear from agents a lot of times who say, well, what if we don't want to do anything with it? We just want to have it listed. We want right. to secure the listing. Well, that's different. What we were seeing, the abuse was we want to market it to these 25 people only. Right. right. Not we want to market it to the entirety of Kansas City. Yep. Now, and we still, as a part of the policy, there is still a way for those people, the celebrities, the people that don't want anybody to know about their listing, there is still a way for those people to enter office that correct that's <laughs> that's called the office exclusive agreement which is also i'm trying ma- to make you look smart by using all the big words <laughs> i'm using the silly little words the office exclusive agreement is nar mandated as well and what that basically does is you have a separate listing agreement that says you don't this 
whatever the scenario is, this seller doesn't want the home to be marketed anywhere. But if you happen to sell it, then we will pay you a commission. In those cases, the agent can take that listing and can market it only internally to the agents in his or her own brokerage right. and not to the public. The I guess now would be a good time to mention also what is your own brokerage. Right. How that is defined here locally is your the brokerage with the same MLS ID, broker ID as you. So if the agent, if Alex is in the same broker ID in the MLS as I am, then I can market it to him. Right. But I can't market it to Bobby who is has a different broker ID. Right. Right. So, so and to be clear, I, I think you were clear, but just to because I know it's a question that everybody keeps asking, like I'm in KCH O six is my is my office ID. KCH O six. All right. And I can't market to somebody that's in KCH O two. No. Cor- correct. Correct. Right. Yep. So you, your office ID. I was just trying to figure out the KCH. I was like trying to figure Kansas out Kansas City Homes. Oh. Which is our DBA. Yeah. Right. I got there you. you go. I got you. And O six <laughs> in the military or a six element is the commander. So does that? You must be the commander oh. officer. Whoa. Oh. 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 Alex got real excited about that. that was oh right. boy. Uh-huh. <laughs> the commander officer KCH. <laughs> And then one other aspect, you can, so agents often ask me, well, and by the way, I don't think office exclusives are going to be prevalent throughout the market. Mm -mm. I I don't believe that to be the case, but that's where a lot of questions come up because that's completely new uh, compared to what we're used to. And an agent says, well, what if in this same scenario, Alex has a listing and his seller tells someone at work about it and someone at work is working with me. And can I sell or make an offer, write an offer, or sell Alex's listing? And the answer to that is yes. Yes. It's it's, it's all about the advertising. Correct. Right. It's not about the the finding of the buyer. You know, for a very long time, um, we had office exclusives in St. Joe. We've had them for forever. And so when I came down here and we had waivers and pre-MLS and all this stuff, it just was, let me kind of ask you, it was a little bit overwhelming, all of the options, because oh, yeah. we just had... Offix exclusives. Now, if you had a buyer and they knew about it, typically there was a sign in the yard, which just is not allowed as a part of this because that would be considered advertising. But that was the only way that they ever really did it was a sign in the yard and your person drove by and they called and, you know, whatever. Um, but you could always sell that listing from somewhere else. So to me, this is just going back to the way things had always been done for a very long time with a few things. But for Kansas City people, this is a this is some changes, but it's putting some rules in place that I, I truly believe are necessary. I don't believe most people that are operating under this uh, were doing it um, in a nefarious fashion, but I think some people had some gurus out there mm-hmm. teaching them all of these ways that they could make themselves look better to their sellers. Because if I bring you my own buyer, I look like I've worked extra hard. But is it's that more really... inherent value? Yeah, yeah right. And I find oh, my yeah. own buyer. And, yep. and you know, sometimes sellers will go, well, "You haven't had any showings of my property." Well, that's not my va- that's not the value I bring to you. Mine is to get you the most dollar for your house in the quickest amount of time. But I think some people were trying to sell that as that's what their value was. And I think this just opens us up to a free marketplace, which is what truly is the, what we need. And ultimately, Michael, wouldn't you agree that it really simplifies the process overall? I believe it really does. And when you look at how we're rolling this out, for instance, the fact that there are no waivers, that's less forms. The We'll have a new listing agreement, just basically the same listing agreement we have now with one checkbox that says the seller is okay with it being in pre-MLS until X date, which when it, it'll flip to active. Right. So that's less forms for agents, less to know about. In the simplest form, 
if you market the home or you're planning on marketing the home, then within one business day, it goes in the MLS, that, whether it be pre-MLS or active, depending on what the seller selects on the listing agreement. That's in the simplest form. I think that will also result in less fines because a lot of the fines we saw we had seen were mm-hmm. dealing with waiver paperwork, didn't get the broker signature on time, right. this date was wrong, the seller didn't initial here. All that goes away. You have a checkbox right. with a date field in the listing agreement, and the only thing you're responsible to do is within one business day put that into pre-MLS or put that in as active. Yep. And that's not even necessarily our policy. It just so happened that that's an AR policy. It just so happened to overlay really nicely with the policy we were implementing in Kansas City with getting things put in the MLS more quickly. But now when it comes from NAR, it just makes it, well, it's not our fault. It's <laughs> NAR. Well, and Correct. It's worth mentioning that uh, Michael was leading a task force for how, <laughs> how long was this task force? Uh, was it all last year? Uh, it started in the uh, FDR's New Deal time frame, <laughs> somewhere around there. It, it went on for about 10 months, and the task force was originally tasked with changing the waiver system to make more sense for the market. And we pretty much had a decision put in place and we're ready to roll it out or we're getting close to it, close to approval anyway. And NAR came out and said, we're going to implement this 8.0. So we had to wait and see how that vote would go down. Once that happened, then we had to tweak our own rules to make sure that all of this coincided with NAR's policy. You know, the the one aspect of this that I think for me puts agents back in the driver's seat more than ever. I don't have, off the top of my head, I don't have the number of permanent waivers that we currently have in place, but it's a lot. When all of those listings go in to pre-MLS status, then the consumer no longer goes to Zillow to find out where all the houses are. The consumer no longer goes to direct, you know, direct buying methods, right. mm-hmm. FISBOs. If you really want to know what the mar- what is out there and what's what's available or coming, you have to really speak to an agent. And I think that that for the gray beards that have been around for as long as me or longer, right. remember when we didn't have IDX. And that if a consumer went to my website, they saw my listings. If they went to Bobby's website, they saw Bobby's listings. IDX made sense because now they can go to Bobby's and see everyone's listings. Well, when that was implemented, we never thought there'd be all these third-party aggregators that decide to try to not only take our leads and sell it back to us, but also alleviate us from the transaction whatsoever, Mm -hmm. figure out ways to directly market to buyers. And by having this in place eight more agents will be the resource again for all things real estate in in the metro and i think that that's a aspect of this that a lot of people haven't considered up to this point it's a really good point so so how is heartland going to implement this policy what's the how are they doing just rolling it out they're just like going to let people figure it out on their own or uh well we're we're doing a a lot of things it's (laughs) how the first one how okay so we have a broker forum later today well by the time this is released we probably had already, already had, had that, yeah. a couple broker forums but we've I, I did a video in this green room here mm-hmm. last week that was released to brokers later on will be released to all subscribers here shortly which was a great video by the way you did a good job thank you i appreciate well done. it i spent a lot of time in this green room in the past couple <laughs> weeks but uh, we d- we're doing a broker forum today and next week as of the recording of this and then um, patty dower and and Rob and all of the staff are going out to different offices and getting the word out as well. And between Kyla and marketing, I mean, there's a massive rollout process to try to get everyone knowledgeable on the system before April 15th, which is the when it'll be implemented. Okay, but we all know RDR, realtors don't read. So for those realtors that do not read, do not watch video, what are we going to do with them? 
Are we uh, going to hang them by their toenails or? How? You're just like, whoa, wow. <laughs> you went there, toenails. It's dark. It was. <laughs> well, hopefully if they don't read, their broker does because we've made a, a conscious effort to try to educate the broker, right. the broker side first mm-hmm. so that the brokers aren't in shock when their agents have all these questions. The brokers right. are educated on this. And th- now hopefully it's like a little bit of a grassroots effort on top of our communications that people don't read hopefully the broker is going to start over the next month introducing that into their office meetings and having those discussions i i know personally i had my own office meeting yesterday and we started to talk well we didn't start we talked about it and so now all, all my agents know what is in place and most likely when this is not a knock, but realtors don't read. Most mm-hmm. likely when the HMLS communication goes out, all the agents in my office that wouldn't have read it now are already knowledgeable on it. So right. hopefully right. So they don't more, need to read it. Hopefully more. Yeah. Like it. There won't be a shock. Yes. There won't yeah. be any anger. So yeah. hopefully yeah. all the yeah. brokerages are really buying into educating, which I believe okay. they will because it's in their best interest as well. Okay. So let's let's lay it out one more time. You've been very clear, but I think just asking the question and getting out. What exactly is changing for our subscribers? What are they going to do now that they used? They're not. What are they not going to do now that they used to do? And what are what are the steps they're going to take now going forward? And what are they going to fill out? What are they going to do? Now they are going to have on April first. There in our forms library, there will be a new listing agreement. It's the same listing agreement with one additional three sentences or so at the very top. That's a checkbox and a date field. When you sit in front of a seller, you're going to decide: Do we want to list the home actively right now, or? Do we need a couple weeks for pre-marketing, getting the home ready, whatever the case is? If if that is the case, the latter, then you check the box and you put on July 1st, it'll be flipped to active. That's the change in forms. Okay. Those now, forms. Quick question for you. Let's stop right there. Now, say we put July 1st because we got a bunch of repairs we need to get made, but by J- June 1st, we're ready to go. Can I change that date or am I locked into July 1st? You can change that date. Okay. What you need to do is change that date with 24 hours in advance. 24 hours in advance. Perfect. Yes. Because if you, just how the MLS system works, mm-hmm. is if you change the date, what I forget what dates you just mentioned, but let's say June 25th is what you want to change it to, and today's June 25th. If you do that, the MLS system is going to retroactively count those days on the market, and you don't want that. So if the seller says, hey, let's so go So I on. can still get fined? You no, wouldn't get fined for that. Fine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Trick question. <laughs> um, so in that case, you would either tell tell the seller, okay, I understand you want it on today. Because of this issue, mm-hmm. we, we need to put it on tomorrow. So you would just change the date today, and then at midnight, it flips over, and it'll go active with zero days on the market. It's a little glitch. Yes, that yeah. we're, we're really yeah. trying to We to recognize that that's yeah. weird. All right, so yeah. we got the form change. Yes. Right and by, there at the top. And by the way, the, those forms... You know, currently, if you had a pre-MLS listing or a temporary wave listing, you have to turn the front and last page of the listing agreement and the waiver form into the MLS. That is no longer a requirement. You still have to follow the rules because the MLS, at any point, they think there's abuse, can make sure that your paperwork trail is correct. However, once you take that listing, and even if it's going pre-MLS with that checkbox filled in, you have one business day to input it, but you don't have to turn any paperwork into the MLS. Okay. As a part of this, I did not hear you mention a waiver, though. No waiver. There's no waiver, no additional forms. It's just in the listing agreement. Okay, but how is Elena going to make her money when she can't find on the waivers? 
We would because love. that's what everybody says. That's how that's how we that's how we keep Elena keeps her job is by that's like the people think that's what she she just likes to find people. They and call I'm her like, the fine you've lady. You never met her if you think she actually <laughs> likes to find people. We would love for her to never find anyone. That yes. And when we looked at when we looked at changing all these rules, we we talked. Our task force had large brokers, small brokers, franchises, independents, agents of all different mm-hmm. calibers and experience. So we took a lot of feedback in, but one of the things we kept hearing is agents or subscribers felt they were being fined for trivial things, not yeah. not things that were trying to help the system. And we recognize that. So with this new system and not being required to turn in the paperwork by X date, we hope that that will alleviate all of those fines that may be considered trivial. And really the only thing will be focused on are the things where people are abusing the system. You're harming right. the marketplace. Correct. Yeah. 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 Okay, so I've got my paperwork filled out. Now what? What was the next step? That's you, it for temporary. That's it. Now you, know, you have to put have it in the MLS. That. Ooh. that. What was that time frame again? One business day. One, Not calendar. Business. Business. And Saturday is not a business. Sunday is not a business. And federal holidays or state holidays are not a business day. So I, just got, I got three lines. I got one business day. No waivers. What am I missing? There's, it's got to be more difficult than this, Michael. It cannot be this simple. <laughs> that is it. That is it. It it is a agents are are resistant to change. So uh-huh. so the first instinct that we often hear is various complaints and right. you know questions and what's going on. But ultimately, we tried to look at this in in a way that we simplify the system right right as best we can. So we don't know of a way more simplified than this. Yeah, you market the home, you 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 get the home mm-hmm. uh, ready to list, then it's pre mark or pre MLS for one business or within one business day turned in. If it's ready to go now, ready to be shown, mm-hmm. you can't show on pre MLS, then it's one business day turn into the MLS and it's active. Okay. No quick question. Uh does pre MLS syndicate anywhere? No. Nope. Do, do we so so nobody's polling we don't have any third party aggregators polling pre MLS data. No, correct. And we had a discussion about that in the task force, syndication or no syndication. And to my point earlier, ultimately what mm-hmm. people decided on the task force was this is a way to empower the agents. Perfect. So as opposed to Zillow getting all, I, I'm not picking on Zillow, any third-party it's aggregator. It's easy to name them, yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, as, instead of them getting the information, we are the only ones with the information. And that's beneficial, uh, I think, to the, the value add of why you have a buyer exclusive buyer's agency agreement and a buyer's agent the the other as, aspect that we are concerned about is with syndication everyone I, I mean literally everyone in the public knows about alex's listing that come that's coming on the market in a month so i, I know you know buyers are the most tr- clients are the most trustworthy people in the world as well <laughs> but at times you have clients that'll go around you yeah so alex Alex has a listing. Mm-hmm. Bobby calls and or the their client is Bobby, and or, um, excuse me, let me reverse this. Alex has a listing. Mm-hmm. Bobby is the buyer's agent. I'm the client. I call Bobby and say, "Hey, Alex has a listing coming out that I saw on Zillow. That's coming out in three weeks. I want to look at it." Bobby says, "I can't show it yet, but I can show it on April second, whatever it is." Right. I call Alex. I go around Bobby, and I say, "Alex, I want to get into this." Absolutely, yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I can get you, you in are today. A dirt bag. Yeah. <laughs> so that's another scenario. That's another scenario right. that we wanted to not happen. But right. let's say Bal- Alex is is the trustworthy person that we know in front of us right now. He says, "Sorry, I can't show it until that that date." So then, 
there are plenty of clients, especially in this market with a oh, low inventory, yes. that will go knock on the door. Yep. And they'll say, hey, let me take a look at your house. Seller says, sure, let's go. And they say, hey, we want to buy it, but here's the deal. Why don't we just cut the cut agent out everybody all together? Out. Everybody that's out. right. Yeah, so, and that's very difficult for you to even find out about. Yep. Mm-hmm. They just call and don't want to sell their house. Yep. I mean, unless you're tracking every single listing in the future or every yeah. single canceled you're in the future. pulling those deeds yep. every day. On the, on the buy side, yeah. they just go silent. Yes. I never hear from them again. Yes. So that that was another concern. Like yeah, and that was another concern and something we really wanted to eliminate or minimize. Okay. So what do we need to do to prepare for all of this happening? Understand the process is the biggest thing. Okay. It We've talked about it three times, but as long as you understand the process. Right. You, turn, you take a listing. It's either pre-MLS or active. Within one business day, you have to turn it in regardless. Mm-hmm. You can market the property on pre-MLS. You can't show it. You can show it on active. All listings go in the MLS. That's the gist of the of the okay. system. So question, and this is a question I've heard a million times, so I'm not asking a new question, but let's just ask it. So go on pre-MLS. I can market it, but I can't show it. But Alex has got a buyer that wants to buy it sight unseen. They've seen the photos. They know the area. They know the price. Can I sell the property in pre-MLS? Yes. The, the rule is it has to go in as active within 24 hours. But if Bobby, you know, is calling out in that scenario, Bobby's calling Alex, my people want to buy this today. They have to look at it. They're going to leave town, whatever. If Alex makes that decision to show it, understand his client needs to make that decision. And the client needs to understand that if they don't buy that home, mm-hmm. this home has to go active within 24 hours. That's right. Yep. Now, I wasn't even suggesting Alex let anybody in the house. I was saying yep. side unseen. Oh, for the record, un- I, was, I was saying sight unseen by that, That's the case now. That's, that's gotta, what I'm saying. People yep. will do that. That's gotta, why I'm asking. You got to present all offers. Yep. That's the deal. Yes. Yeah, so you can get a sight unseen offer. The seller can choose to accept that if they'd like. Yeah. yeah. So uh, one other one one other question that I've heard a lot of that we should clear the air on. I've got a permanently waived listing right now. Right. I got it signed today. What happens on April 15th? Does my permanently waived listing continue to be permanently waived or does it go away? That's a great question, Alex. And you have to, by April 15th, all existing permanent waivers need to be switched to either office exclusive, which I don't believe would be the best path for many of those, or have the new listing agreement signed with pre-MLS status and input it in the in pre-MLS. There you go. Question. That made me, that made me think of something. Now, permanently waived means it's permanently waived. So if I do go into pre-MLS... Is there a a days on market? No, well, no, no. Is no. there a, a a certain number of days that I can go out, or could I go out for two years on my pre MLS status? Pre MLS, and this is off the top of my head. I think it's Alex. You can probably help me with this. It's within thirty days of the expiration of the listing agreement. Is that correct? Mm, I don't know. I'm not yeah, sure about I'll that. I'll have to. But I can't just extend it out for two. Well, I guess I don't want to say for sure. Years. You can put it. To answer your question without being the, speci- the exact specifics, I don't have it off the top of my head. Because you know there's those people that want to find where the gray area yeah. is. Where's the loophole? You, you yeah. can put, currently in our rule system, you can put a listing, if the seller filled it out that way and mm-hmm. it, it agrees to that, you can put the listing in pre-MLS for basically an unlimited yeah. okay. amount of time. We do have it, and I'd have to look, it's either 10 days or 30 days. We do have the 
tail end of the listing agreement expiration as the time it has to be triggered to go active. Got it. So it can't, if you have a listing for four months, it can't be pre-MLS for four months. Right. At some point, it has to be 30 days or 10 days. I don't remember off the top of my head. Yep. We'll put that out in communication. Okay. Hi, this is Amber. I just want to cut in real quick and say that that time frame is two weeks. So your pre-MLS listing has to switch to active at least two weeks prior to the expiration on your exclusive right to sell. Uh, then that goes You have to be no on the market for a minute. Correct. Yeah, <laughs> at some point. Half minute. At some Got point. <laughs> All right. Any other questions for Michael? Well, Michael, hmm? what haven't I asked you that I should have asked you? What haven't we talked about? I knew you were going to ask me that, Walter Cronkite, <laughs> with, your, with your Socratic questioning here. But I, I think you covered it pretty well. I, w I thought you weren't going to ask what would happen with pre-existing waivers, mm -hmm. but you did ask that oh, at the end. Good job, Score! Alex. Well done, sir. Yeah. All right. This has been good. You know, Michael, we didn't ask you any personal questions about yourself. I feel like he needs to come back just for a fun episode. Yeah. I think it'd be a good interview. Like, the people don't. Uh, you are you and Bobby both. I feel like we have two, like, people's presidents. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like you guys both understand Why are you sucking agents. up right now? <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. It's true. I don't have any reason to suck up to you guys. I feel like you both... Um, I, I feel like you both understand what agents go through. Um, I feel like you both are really good uh, representatives for our organizations. Um, and I appreciate everything that you guys do. Um, and you represent our people well. So Wow. Thanks, Alex. It's true. Well, you guys work hard. Well, I appreciate you. that. Yeah. I'd pat myself on the back, but I'd rip it's the really seam in my suit. <laughs> <laughs> we told you you'd be wearing a suit. We knew it. All right. <laughs> well, thank you for coming in. Thank you for sharing some of your day with us. We'll let you get out of here so you can go over to your broker forum. That sounds fancy and fun. And uh, we'll have you back to do like a fun episode sometime. Sounds good. Thanks. Is there guys. lunch at the broker forum? I don't believe so. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm going to go to Leadership Academy graduation. <laughs> there is lunch there. Yeah. I'll see you next time. Bye.